What's going on, people? I'm Lou. And I'm Sid. And, and we, we are, are Lucid. Okay. Uh, so, uh, we have... Um, what what did we do last time, bro? Sid, so, so, yeah. <laughs> peace, bro. Peace. So, our last episode, uh, we spoke about uh, why a person needs to do masters and how a person can gain insights as to if a person needs to do masters or not and how to go about it and stuff. And yeah, you know, a lot of people actually listen to it, Lou. I didn't think people would listen to it, but yeah, they found it a lot insightful. And uh, uh, because of what um, the fact that a lot of people listen to it, uh, we have one person here today uh, with us in the call. Uh, Pragna Prasad. Uh, Pragna, can you say Hi, this is Pragna. I'm a third year engineering student. So like your ideal audience for last week's episode. <laughs> Right, exactly. So, um, I guess uh, we we had asked um, towards the end of last week episode if anyone has any questions, you can like put it up to us. But then, um, yeah, what it, I guess it was just better to have this person over yeah. here who's really interested <laughs> in doing masters, so uh, she can just like get everything clarified in this episode. And probably, hopefully, we do cover whatever most people want to know as well. And if you guys think we don't, then yeah, just pop up questions again. We'll try covering it in later episodes anyways so um yeah, yeah some introduction about pragna so sit go go on so yeah the main reason we wanted to get pragna for this episode also was uh, you know lou is uh, working so we wanted someone who's currently studying so that uh, <laughs> it's okay bro you're not so old it's okay <laughs> so yeah pragna is currently studying her third year telecom engineer telecommunications at the same college as us so she likes writing she likes uh i don't know pragna what else do you like yeah pragna go ahead just introduce <laughs> yourself dude please um <laughs> yes we are really bad at this it was not a good introduction um so anyway i'm uh i'm pragna i'm in my sixth yes. sem uh we all yes. went to the same college that's how we know each other what do i like to do i um i have a blog on sustainability um that's what i that's what i'm interested in and what else do i do i think we i think we met because of um this club yeah tedx so that's how we all know each other i think you guys were in your fourth year when i'm when i'm when i was in my first year so that's how we all know each other yes. and oh, i thought it would be apt <laughs> that i would come on this episode so pragna what do you like doing uh, why do you want to do a master so i guess Let's start um yeah. coming to why masters i think i always knew that i was going to take this direction but i just thought by now i would know what okay. what <laughs> career that you know that i would be interested in but i'm i don't <laughs> So I'm just like, how do I delay this decision process? I, I, guess, I guess that's a, most people would say that's not a valid point. I guess most of the adults would say I that's mean, not I a valid point. But I don't think that, yeah, I guess like you shouldn't go on a master's just because choice. you have nothing else to do. But I, I mean, maybe I phrased it wrong. It's just that I know that, um, you know, as you said, I'm studying telecom and I know that I don't want to be in this field. Um, I don't want to work in this field and it's just not my interest. so i'm just like how how can i you know explore how can i open more doors to myself um in terms of like industries and all that so i think doing a masters would be an apt choice because then you know i could maybe move into a different domain 
and see how I like. No, but I guess I guess uh, forget choice. But I guess it's like um, I guess most people do have this issue. I guess it's a very important issue that you are, that you're talking about. The fact that uh, you know just because we don't know what to do, we end up doing masters. It's more That's like another it's a thing. clear decision that okay, I do not want to do this field. There's, I want there's to one clarity. Field. That's one clarity that you know I don't want to do in this. But there's no clarity on what I want. What else uh, do I want to do? I guess that's one way to put it. Or I'm I'm hoping that's one way to put it. Um, that's um that's a good enough introduction. I think for now, maybe uh, <laughs> along the podcast we'll get to know more about Pragna. Uh, okay, um, Sid, you can just bounce back where we left off. Where did we leave off last time? Uh, I think we left off left off. Uh, about preparing for different tests like GRE, TOEFL, and all that stuff, and uh, this episode we I told that we'll talk about how do you research about colleges when do you start applications, right. the whole application process as such, and once you get an admit, what exactly do you do? Because most of us we know at least like uh, know what to what to do until we get an admit. But after the admit, what do you do, right? So I think uh, that is also a good piece of information that people need to know. So I thought we'll talk about that this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, peace. But then I guess um, we'll be going ahead of what Pragna was like, you know, where she is stuck at. So we'll we'll come back to where Pragna is. But right. then I guess uh, we'll we'll begin with uh, where we had left off. So yeah, Sid, uh, tell us what what happens like. Okay, I mean, one thing is, um, I think we did not cover last time, or did we do? I, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wait. Uh, did you cover um, how to prepare for GRE and TOEFL and stuff? Did yes. We, did we cover that? Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. Okay. Then let's let, let's go ahead with right. uh, you know we've got our score in hand, mm-hmm. um, and we have looked. We are starting to look into these colleges that right. are so many. Broad number. Hey, this uh, QS World Rankings also came out right recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's another ranking tension. Ranking dude, have all like I get overwhelmed with everything that's available on the internet, and I'm not okay. sure which is accurate and which yeah, is so not. Wait, I'm I'm gonna rank. Uh, I don't know my something. <laughs> sad joke I wanted to crack. It's okay. Let's continue. Wait a little. <laughs> Peace. A little off topic, but did you record your uh, admission, like your acceptance mail? You know, have you seen on uh, Google? You know, they they make this. I mean, not Google, like you. Have you seen oh, on yeah, YouTube? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They have all these reaction videos where they are, you know, they're with their family or something, and then they're opening all their acceptance mails and. Um, you know, everyone's crying, and it, it, I don't know why it makes me so happy. I binge them. But uh, but his uh, LinkedIn post really blew up. That that happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Yasin, go ahead, tell us. Oh yeah, like, you know she comes to me. She's like, uh, you know, I saw your LinkedIn post. Why didn't you tell me? And I didn't know what to reply. I was like, <laughs> peace. So. Yeah, like, you know, a good thing that Pragna brought up about the, you know, the QS, uh, sorry, not Pragna, who brought up, who brought up the so QS? Lou, Lou, well, someone brought it up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lou brought it up. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, so as you told, we have, we have our GRE score at hand. Now we are thinking about which course to do, which colleges to choose and stuff. So obviously, which uh, course to do will, uh, will, will be respect to your interests and stuff, you know, nothing we can do about that, that... That in the last episode also we spoke about how to think about what are uh, where our interest really lies due, using experimentation, trying out new things and stuff. 
but now coming to colleges as you guys also told you know where where, where do we find the potential uh, list of you know these are the top 10 colleges or you know these are the colleges i can apply to and stuff before that one thing you need to think about is when do you want to go for your masters so there are two uh, different uh, seasons or two different semesters you can start one is the fall semester one is the spring semester so mm-hmm. fall semester is like our indian college system where colleges start in august types august september so the uh, so that aligns with our calendar also so suppose you finish your fourth year of engineering then you can obviously like what pragna wants to do they can continue their fall semester so they can continue mm-hmm. into the fall semester but the, for some people their calendar calendar year ends in december so in other countries so they can start with the spring semester so with respect to uh, academia with respect to courses there's not much difference uh, except you know uh, when the course ends for you the main difference is for example uh, for especially international students right uh, if you uh, join in fall so you uh, for your summer term which means fall is since uh, fall semester is from august to december and uh, spring is from jan to may you get after may you get your summer term right uh, june and july so only if you join in fall you uh, you would finish the mandatory requirement of staying in us as a student on your f1 visa for 9 months and only then you'll be able to do a summer internship there you know a lot of us oh. a, a lot of people like us who who go on student debts and who want to gain experience that internship period is really critical so going in fall it gives us an advantage of doing a summer internship there but uh, if you so go so one uh, yeah one question so if we were to take that spring uh, mm-hmm. semester i mean it's just that you're moving the entire process by 6 months right yes uh, so okay so in that case if i'm starting at jan um, and then yeah for my first will, will i have a break in june july even for the spring semester i don't think so right because you do uh, because it's semester wise right so the okay, calendar so, I mean, shifts that's all okay okay got it so then uh, in that case um, do you have like a break after the second semester of so spring winter no, break so you get a winter break but no one does an internship yeah, in winter yeah because break. it's a short period of time it's only 10 days okay okay so okay, it's okay, like our it. normal undergrad uh, breaks where the winter break is for 10 days and summer you so get it's like months. it's like basically when you're doing if you're if you went into fall semester when you're doing a second sem someone else is doing their first sem correct otherwise the timelines and everything is all the same yeah so okay. actually i had a friend he applied um for the fall semester mm-hmm. and apparently this year um the acceptance rate is a little bit lower cuz a lot of people deferred their 2020 application mm-hmm. so he told me that um he got admitted in the spring semester mm-hmm. okay okay so yeah, is but, there um, any he's in a two year degree so i don't think the internship as such will yeah, be an issue correct. right cuz they're there for almost two to two and a half years with the breaks and the internships and all of that okay all uh, right that also is there so yours uh, i think said is only one and a half year right yes mine is one with, and a half with year with your with the second half of the, uh, that is your six months after your one year is only an internship uh no i do a two month internship that's summer term so i have three ah, correct i mean no 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 i got it so you will be doing totally two internships right no no is that so, right I do only one internship which is a 2 month internship. Then what about the 6 months after? No, I don't have so 1 and a half year. I just have a 2 month internship with 3 semesters. 
Oh, so only it's only three semesters. Okay, yes. you don't have any fourth semester no. at all. Okay. No, yeah. Okay. Okay. Got so it. the thing is, like you know, good thing you brought up this. So majority of the technical programs, uh, technical masters programs have two-year programs, but some of these uh, specialized programs, right, where they focus on one specific talk uh, one specific field like data analytics product management uh, uh, business uh, uh, development and all these things they have these fast track programs where they're like uh, uh, you know you finish it in a year year and a half so these courses they have this uh, uh, flexibility where you can either finish it in one year or one and a half year so basically you can finish it in two semesters or three semesters so my program uh like you know it depends on how how many courses i can take in one semester so i can choose if it, if i wanted to be rigorous i could have finished it in two semesters and graduated but you know i wanted it to be uh, less hectic so i i uh, divided my courses into three semesters so that it'll be less hectic so one question said so hmm. when when you do so usually usually uh, when people take up these uh, more shorter courses right Do right. they have like equal or yeah? Do they have like equal value compared to what you do for two years? So I mean, uh, usually people say that it's not really valuable and mm-hmm. all of that. So I'm asking. So just doing the courses won't give you that additional value. You know, uh, you need to have like you you have to do extra things. You have to do extra projects. You have to build your portfolio slash resume, where you can show that you know you've studied these skills. uh have you applied them anywhere it's basically like projects right if you can show that but isn't this like the same for uh, is it the same for the two year courses and all what mm-hmm. you're saying just now uh, or is it that this is this is it very specific to the one and a half year course like as in or the one year course or any specialized course yeah so it's more like what uh, lu said right uh so for example i take a one year program uh say data analytics and i have a two year cs program so in a two, uh, in a two year cs program you have more time to do different different things so then uh, at least companies know that you've developed skills because you've come out of a really good school right but in a one year program uh, you know uh, there's very less time so you, you need to show that additional uh, proof mm-hmm. as such that uh, uh you know you have these skills right so that's the main difference okay. but yeah apart from that there is no thing as such that okay if you do a one year program uh, it has the degree as a lesser value as such so i mean uh, okay what do you mean to say is the curriculum as such is not very different from a two year or a one year um so uh, uh, obviously the two year program will all will have will have courses. more subjects yeah. yeah 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 but like this would be more specialized and stuff i yes. guess that but then the subjects that you do learn would yeah. be the same amount of stuff Correct. that you learn yes. just that companies need some uh, reassurance if you're doing a one year uh, right it's pretty it makes sense uh, how would you uh, so if your opponent or if your competition is having another years worth of study right. uh, what do you have to back it up from your end right so that that's pretty valid so okay right. it's interesting so for you um that would matter a lot right yes. um yes. i'm not wrong cool yes. cool 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 so yes. coming back to the fall and uh, spring thing right oh, one sorry. more question in that fall and spring thing so yeah. is there any benefit at all in doing the spring instead of the fall like if i am from india okay mm-hmm. and i you, my my semesters and all ends and begins in that fall time right mm-hmm. but then if i do take that six months break 
is there any benefit at all for me to start from spring so in terms of the course itself there's no benefit but the only benefit you have is uh, there's a higher chance of you getting into a program if they have a fall and spring term because most okay. most indians apply for the fall term and very uh, the ratio of uh, people applying to the spring term is lesser so if you think somewhere uh, you know a college which is highly ambitious for you but uh, you think uh, it's you know it's hard to get it you can apply to that college if they offer a spring term you can apply there because the right. chances are higher so right got it got it got it so that that's a good point actually and i think that's what pragna's friend has done right in the end uh, if you are so it's like this if you are in doing a two year course and if you don't want to do two internships okay i guess one internship would do right if you're doing right. a two year course right. so in that case you can think about a spring option yes. Yes. So you can, you know, uh, and that's a very good point, you know, a very good school uh, where Indians might not be, uh, you know, really aiming for the spring mm-hmm. uh, semester. Then you guys can maybe look into that if yes. you if you think your scores are yeah. not probably having the safe bet for that. Nice. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the major things about spring and fall terms. Apart from that, in terms of course structure and stuff, it's pretty much the same. You know, same teachers teach it in. uh multiple uh, multiple semesters and stuff so oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so basically uh, the spring students have it a semester later so uh, so with the next year fall students they have it with them oh okay okay mm-hmm. got it so, so you would have technically not- graduated but you know uh, you attend the ceremony just for the picture the glam sham and stuff later that's all so is that uh, okay no i mean yeah it's fine right yeah uh, i know i was thinking if you know uh, do the spring uh, semester people have any disadvantage in not really being with their peers but then i guess they themselves are one peer right i mean yes exactly they, right okay mm-hmm. got it so yeah i think after like after Uh, considering this yeah going to research of colleges and stuff so yeah, as you guys brought up the qs world rankings and stuff so before that you know i want to talk about this ivy league thing where uh, people uh, they not everyone but some people put emphasis on ivy league colleges but mm-hmm. for in it is not worth it at least in my opinion because <laughs> yeah okay. let's uh let's okay. hear why hmm. oh <laughs> yeah right yeah mm. yeah so why do you think it's it's not worth it i mean why do you think right. it's just hype so why ivy league started and all that stuff you know people can google it it's all about the sports teams and you know the liberal arts uh Uh, what field and stuff so it so the thing you want to see is which field you're applying for and at least for the engineering domain uh, the, as far as i know for engineering domain the ivy league status does not reflect on how the professors are what the professors teach and you know how they teach right so that is the point you need to be looking at uh, and you know it's more about the department rather than the college what so for example if uh, take cornell for example cornell's ranking might be x so say maybe they're 
10th or 12th. Uh, these are not accurate numbers. I'm just putting it out. So maybe Cornell's ranking is 10th worldwide. That doesn't mean their uh, computer science department is 10th, right? They, they will have a separate ranking. So mm-hmm. when you are researching, the main thing you need to look at is which, uh, what is the department you're looking for and what is the ranking there. That is priority number one. The second part is, if you are doing a a research-based course, right? A lot of master's students, they do a research-based course. Then you need to see what professor you are looking to work under, right? And see where where that professor is in. So that... What uh, is the... What is the other type? Uh, you said research-based course. So, what is the other? So one is a thesis-based course where at the end of the course, you need to write a thesis on a project. The second mm-hmm. one is just a course-based uh, this thing. So you just do a few courses, write exams and pass. So there's so no... Like, uh, so like there's like... The second thing is like RV, right? I mean, yes. Okay. Basically, you pass, uh, you learn a course, you write an exam and pass the course. You don't have to do mm-hmm. any research about that particular topic. Okay. So, and the other thing is you have to, maybe in your second year or something, you have to do some kind of research. Yes. You have mandatory. to, yes, that's mandatory. So, like, so, you know, uh, huh. go ahead, go ahead. So, you need to write a proper thesis which gets accepted, then only you graduate. So, uh, again, uh, before we go ahead with, huh. you know, the faculty part of what you were going to say, uh, what is advantageous and for what purpose? What is advantageous? Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, for people really interested in research, right, they want to dig deep and learn about a topic, then they go for a thesis-based program where they have an intention to do a PhD. And for the second or the course, course-based, uh, coursework-based programs, uh, that's mainly for, uh, you know, finishing the courses and then uh, searching for a job right after your master's. So that's okay. the differentiation. Hey, there's one more uh, good that you brought up the fact of PhD. Okay, I guess hmm. uh, we we do have a friend um, who basically hmm. I guess did the research based thing. Did he do the research based thing? Who um, Shreyans? The no, not Shreyans. I'm talking about Lanka, Anirudh Lanka. Yes, he did a research based course. So uh, basically, he did a research. Uh, he studied, I guess, what uh, AI, ML. What <laughs> I don't uh, know what he studied. Even I forgot. <laughs> Just something. He studied something, but he did. But he basically did a research-based yeah. MS. Okay, um, and then um, he went on to do his. He's, he's currently pursuing his PhD there. Now, one important thing is, okay, if you're looking to do this coursework-based stuff and then mm. find a job, right? Mm. There's no guarantees that you're gonna stay there because of you know H1B visa. We'll get to all those things, H1B visa and all. Mm. But uh, there's no guarantee that you that you know you you can possibly be there. But then there's one thing about being a PhD student, right? You don't need a visa for, right? If I'm, if no, I'm, no, uh, if I'm right, you need a you don't visa, need the, but it's but easier, right? Easier, you don't need yeah, the yeah. H-1B or you don't need this type of yes. visas, you know, all these work permit p- visas. And yes. you get a, a very long amount of stay if you're doing a PhD and it's very easy to get. So if your intention, that's another thing to think about. If your intention is to really, you know, move abroad, like as in just be there forever, never come back, never show back here then I think you should think <laughs> about the PhD it. thing. Consider it. I mean, you might not be very... Um, see, uh, I think the first important thing to consider is are you, you know, research inclined? Yeah, that's are you, what's are you more inclined uh, important. To doing research? You know, it's not about... 
like i mean at the end of the day it is something that you should enjoy and you something you're good at something that your interest lies in as well otherwise it's just going to be miserable yeah that's true you first have to look into that okay and if you do think you have this um, competence in you to be research oriented or if if you think you have this uh, you know see there's one thing okay um people just do their phd and then anyways join a job yeah 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 people most of the people do that so it's like if your end goal is to just join a job but then if you're competent enough to get a phd over there then should you consider this that's another thing that you people need to think about um, if if you think you know if you want to go settle there uh, you need to weigh uh, weigh in you know what your um, see uh, i just saw recently saw a statistic uh, 275000 indians applied for h1b visa and 17000 got it right, right? yeah and it's a lottery and system there's, a, there's no this thing also exactly <laughs> and then and then there's there's only one other visa that i really uh, looked at uh, which which probably gives you a uh, work permit which which is not a lottery system which was called l1 visa right, right, okay yeah. and that visa is usually you know reserved for managers and people who are you know well established so it's most likely you're not going to get it as a fresher so got to weigh in these two uh, factors as well if you're and i think this was a very smart move made by lanka because yeah. i think his intention is to stay uh, in the united states so he probably and he's pretty competent enough to doing research so i'm pretty sure his end goal is to, to go and join a job and not really pursue more research or become a scientist i'm not sure if it is but then uh, as long as how much i know him it didn't mm. seem like that so it was a smart move so people who think they can they should probably look into that as well yeah. so yeah the, the same thing to continue about that right so the it's more about the like united states government they have given you a a permission to stay in us for two two plus you know two years masters and five years phd around seven years right and they've developed a really competent individual there so obviously they do not want to lose him to another country right. because it's going to help develop their nation so that's why mm-hmm. uh, people like people have done phds it's easier for them to get a green card and then eventually a citizenship and stuff and i mean they they spent 7 years there already I yeah. mean, they just have to work what I, how many <laughs> years do you need like 10 years or something to get a green card right right yes 10 years yeah. yeah so three more years they just wait i don't think it's 10 it's like 100 years and then you it depends on where you're working and like if you get have a kid there and things like that like then you start moving up but I think uh, just a fresher if you apply you're like 100 years behind. No no no. I mean I think I think it's something like you know if your company some sponsorship because I know a lot of people who just stayed for 10 years and immediately got a green card and it's there's no it's all like you know if you have the money you can get it done I guess same thing. But that yeah. was relatively um a long time ago I think 10 years ago maybe. But now they're very the the wait list is mm-hmm. a lot longer. Yeah yeah. there is there is a right. threshold yes right yeah like basically it depends on what position you are in and is any yeah, probably. institute sponsoring you and all that stuff and this there's they pay uh, they give a lot of importance i mean not just the united states i mean every other country gives a lot of importance to this term highly skilled uh, yeah <laughs> individual or whatever it's it's very funny you know how do you define a highly skilled person okay uh, but then yeah i mean it's just about how many people are there ready to vouch for you over there exactly so if if more of those white dudes are ready to vouch for you then <laughs> yeah, your peace you're in <laughs> so even canada right uh, they they've started giving 
so because people have started uh, finding uh, tough to live in the US because of a lot of processes what canada has done is they've started incentivizing uh, many people uh, from the engineering background and the uh, science backgrounds to join canada like you know for a right. job or for a masters program so so that you know more people come and you know it in- improves their economy right their their economy is kind of like failing or something right um, i mean not failing failing but then it is they very constant so yeah. yeah i mean it's it's not really seeing a growth right Uh, so yeah they are inviting people i'd say they just they need talent i mean um, i guess they they already have very sparse population and stuff mm. so it's okay they can accommodate more people <laughs> yeah that's good i mean so i guess that's another thing to think about you know like um, it's obviously easier if you're if you're staying in canada Right. to go into the united states and all yes it, it, there's a, that's another important thing okay i mean i'm just i'm just focusing on this because i know that more, many people uh, many people are there out there who just want to leave india i mean let's be frank with it okay yeah. uh, there there's no real um, shame in it if you if you want to do it it's it's fine it's your life but then uh, what you got to keep in mind is you know you got to look into uh, what's your passport uh, status of your passport like do you have access to a lot of countries and easily do you do you get like you know get into the country and then get a visa do you have such a i mean us us passport is like the best yeah so that the privilege of your passport right that that's also important so if you don't if you aren't really looking for you know the united states itself and if you're looking at some some other place like canada canada has equally good enough you know yes. uh, schemes like that. i don't know a lot about the rules regulations and all but then yeah that's another thing yeah. so so sid Yes. we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about the faculty part of the research and stuff <laughs> a good different tangent but yeah uh coming to research right so you know people talk about the qs world rankings and like abc world rankings so many different different world rankings uh at least in my opinion you need to have a general idea about what schools are really good you know randomly do not like apply to the colleges which send you mailers those steven institute of technology which sends you a mail saying we'll give you 75% discount on your tuition and stuff you need to have a general idea about which schools are good in the particular uh, location but you know do not stick to that list okay you know this is number 1 number 2 number 3 your priority also while applying shouldn't be of the same uh, kind right you need to research on multiple things right what is your interest is your interest on getting a really really good job then and is is it in the uh, you know the computer science background for example then obviously you need to find a college near silicon valley because you will have more opportunities it's like in uh, like you know in our state if you stay in bangalore obviously you'll have more opportunities to get a job because there are many companies here but you know if you stay, uh, if you stay far away from bangalore obviously it'll be harder right so you know the location also is one important thing you need to think about and uh, if it's more about research then obviously you need to think about what facilities the particular department has and the professor you want to work under so with respect to research right so you can uh, if you send mails to professors you like working under and talk about your experience and uh, you know uh, show them that you're competent enough to work under them they they'll vouch for you during your application process so th- that's one important thing to know when you're applying for colleges and if you're doing a thesis based program 
you need to send mails to professors you like working under and you know talk about your work and talk about what you want to work on later on uh, what like once they join the master's program so that uh, they can see if you're a good fit and vouch for you during the application process so you know this is like the kind of thing a kind of research you need to do while applying for masters do you guys have any questions for this or uh, we can move on yeah, to the Ragnar, next part um, let's get back to uh, where you are i mean uh, stuck with okay uh, i mean i wouldn't say stuck man uh, exploring uh, i don't know i don't know how to describe it Mm-hmm. That's that's the most smartest decision you've made. Obviously, bro, she listened to our podcast. Sha 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 sha. <laughs> full fee we are taking but okay uh, but yeah i think that's uh, that's definitely a smart decision because uh, i think you get that one year buffer period where you can think through what you want to do uh, yeah. once you once you have your score in hand uh, that's one thing i think deeksh uh, said you also recall wrote it in like third year only right Or, yes yes i wrote it in third yes. year yeah yeah it's it's good amount of time to really uh, weigh in different factors and really figure out don't be like me guys that's all it's as simple as that don't push everything to At the last moment <laughs> extreme to all the extremes that you possibly can uh, yeah just don't do that just write the like we 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 told this we we told this last last podcast also like i mean just definitely if you get a chance just write it in your college year itself yeah right so ha huh, why i want to bring it up uh, uh, where you are uh, the process of making the decision is um what are the things that you are like i mean it's it's more like i'm asking you a question so what are the things that you are kind of like evaluating before taking the decision like what is this confusing thing that's running as you said like i'm not research oriented that's not something i consider and i know for sure that that's not the field and path for me so yeah i was just looking into more um more uh degrees that i i know i want to be in tech but i don't want to I was just seeing what are the options out there for me like what degree will enable me to work in that sector of tech where it's not completely um coding or completely like you know embedded design or something like that um yeah so yeah i mean if if you are looking for research i think MISN is more research oriented which is a business course um management information systems so yeah uh that was something i looked into but again i i don't see myself going through the whole like like i would rather have an internship or a project than work on a thesis like that's just where that's just where my interest lies okay so uh why i wanted to ask you this question was uh, let me just uh, give a small anecdote about my college days okay <laughs> so um i haven't done a yeah full uh, put on flashback <laughs> so uh okay um so in my college years i didn't really uh, do any internship at all um highly do not recommend that uh, I, 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 because uh, see uh, one thing is you get some uh, if not complete uh, industry knowledge some kind of industry knowledge like as in you know just 
touching the waters type uh, knowledge so um, if you, you you there are few really good uh, reasons why you get to know where your bearings are right like pragna is saying right now that this is not for her how do you make that decision you only make the decision once you know you've tried out a few things so either you've taken a research internship in some iisc or some place okay you tried it out for a few months and then you figured out it's not for me or this is for me either way it's going to add value to your resume okay so that's one good thing uh, the second thing is if you do uh, get end up getting it in a company then you have touched waters into what your industry is doing what the people are like how things work right so these two things if you can figure it out i mean obviously you won't get the complete picture because it's just an internship of what two months or something but then i think um, that's that's the main reason why internships are so important it's not the reason that you know you get to put something in your resume it's more about what you can eliminate uh, from 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 the different things if you are a confused person then it's the best thing to do is just take up some internship and do it and then you'll get to know if you if you're really into it or not uh why i'm saying this is because uh four years later um i'm working now in an electronics company uh one thing is in my entire four years i was not really interested in electronics at all i'm an electronics engineer <laughs> never was interested in electronics but then i ended up getting a job in an electronics company so um and now the work that i'm doing only now i've started to realize this electronics is not really that bad see it's like um there are people who learn differently okay so it's like uh, some people learn properly from class teacher whatever teach that there are a few others who learn it only when you're putting it into you know some kind of project which is like which has some high stakes you know some application kind of thing so i'm one i'm a person like that so it was like only when i came into this job that's when i realized electronics is not really all that bad as i thought it was but but having said that it's not for me you know this kind of mental clarity you only get when you when you really get into the job hands on and you start working either you'll get the clarity that it is for me and this is this is awesome i'm just not understanding in class maybe i should just put more effort from my end or the second thing is um, this is good it's not for me or the third thing is not good only pakka it's not for you <laughs> so uh, you know this this amount of clarity you'll only get if you do internships or if you join a job or something so if you haven't done any internships i mean this is this is just my personal recommendation and i think we spoke about this last podcast if you haven't done any internship or anything and you're in your fourth year now almost done with your thing uh, whatever uh, finally a project or whatever you should probably try to test the waters by you know um, taking an internship for 6 months or just work in a company for a year really give yourself some time to find out what you want to do because i think uh, what people uh, fail to think about i think pragna you brought it up pretty well um, you know uh, you want to move these you want to move from this industry right but to what other industry i mean today's uh, world has too many opportunities that that's the biggest problem actually today compared to our our parents generation right they they had like very narrowed opportunities and it was easier to make decisions if you think about it uh, <laughs> but i mean today it's like we have too many opportunities and it's like we don't know which one to choose so at least we have eliminated one and then if we maybe if we would have done okay if i would have done more internships i would i would have been able to properly gauge into what is actually what i wanted to do uh, but then for me it's coming to me now the clarity is coming to me now after what two years of working so it's like effectively uh 6 years i've been doing just electronics which is not really what i think i'm i'm suited for doing right so um 
given that you know all the see all the competition and all is there that's a very important factor only but um, ignoring the competition it's at least good that i made the decision now at least i have you know uh, seen my bearings where it is now but then you can cut out that two years from your life if you if you go through you know this in the four years itself so yeah so pragna have you done internships <laughs> uh yeah i'll tell you why because i i mean i because of covid the my timelines are completely delayed so this was my summer off oh, to okay, intern yeah, sure, and i sure, still sure, have yeah, classes going on it's very not advisable so yeah that's also one of the reasons why a lot of my batch people missed out and coming you know coming back to the question like uh, one of the reasons also considering masters why i want to do is um i didn't have the complete college experience right so two years of my uh life one year whatever two semesters like my basically my final year my third year um you know it, it went in this uh, online classes i did not have that complete experience and nobody wants to talk about it i mean i yeah we're still going on i still have i still wrote all my <clears throat> exams on uh, like in campus and i took all my labs and it went on academically but nobody wants to talk about you know the the networking loss that you have or just in general you you're not able to make memories with um with your campus in your campus with your friends so all of that obviously plays um that's a integral part of anybody's college life right so if you miss out on that it uh, obviously you're not getting your whole college experience whatever it was however stressful and however longer the commute was it was still an experience that i wanted to completely uh, experience and enjoy so that's also why i'm like maybe i should do masters maybe this would be my chance to this uh, another thing you know live that college life a good point because this is the other thing i was telling uh, said not on podcast outside of podcast i was telling him uh, i just one of the another reasons why i want to do a masters at all is to just get another opportunity at educating myself because <laughs> uh, if you think about it the four years i just did something that i didn't like right and uh, i want to just give myself another opportunity to probably you know uh, do something that would probably interest me that's one right. thing and another thing is you know uh, is she still on mine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay please uh, so another thing is that uh, right that is one and what would be other thing shit i forgot it's so fine it's okay so Let's forget it when i remember i can <laughs> one thing you know both of you bought uh, up and you especially lo was mainly about internships right so one thing mm-hmm. i wanted to add was uh, a lot of people right now in social media and everywhere people are talk about like you shouldn't do unpaid internships oh, the paid the paid unpaid, and the free internships, internships. Right. you know like uh, you know our time is valuable and like people are uh, using our time and they're not respecting it and stuff right so see i understand if you graduated and uh, you know you're looking to work and stuff there it makes sense right that you know you need to get paid for your uh, time and work because you know you you need to sustain your life and other spendings expenditures and stuff right but especially when you're in your college in your college uh, your family is not expecting you to earn for you right that is the given and especially here in india they know that you know four years you're going to study work what uh, what they actually want is work very hard such that you get a really good job and then you know they'll be really happy 
but you know a lot of people are talking about uh, paid versus unpaid and stuff like that you know they don't need to think about it they need to think about different opportunities see whenever a company or a business is trying to get someone into whatever work they're doing they're trying to see if that person has value into their organization and a college student who doesn't have any prior experience or you know is trying to test this out why will he or she be paid right that is one point on the other point the other side you need to think is you're gaining experience like later you can earn money like you know why do you need money now so that is the point right so i think people need to think more about the opportunity an internship is giving rather than uh, is it uh, what are they getting paid or not and stuff like that see uh, you're right sir uh, i agree completely but then there is also one thing i guess uh, that i saw online which mm-hmm. was kind of interesting about uh, this paid and un- unpaid uh, debate so it was it was mainly talking about these uh, people who are uh, not really in a comfortable uh, economic position when compared to right compared right to us. yeah so it's like uh, i think the main cause for you know pushing for uh, you know paid internship was for them uh, uh, so that you know uh, they are you know able to get get something out of it but then i think where the difference lies like you wisely pointed out was um if you are finished your college then then it's important i think uh, it's important that you know you get yeah. paid for whatever you're doing yes but i think uh, when you are in college like you said um you're already investing time in a place where you're putting money into it um and i think it's it's given that the world is is such it's it's a it's a it's a predatorial place man you got to like accept it to a yeah. to a point because one person cannot change the world so uh, we say one person can change the world and all okay <laughs> but but what i'm saying is um you got to uh, you got to like look into the factor that you really don't know anything in the point where yeah. you are and you you need to be okay with doing free labor it's yeah. it's it's sad but that's the fact of the matter and one given thing is you are already not earning anything in college exactly that, until that point until exactly. that point you haven't earned anything so what's stopping you from just going two three more months without yeah. earning anything so i think i think uh, it in the end it's it's about how you evaluate it and uh, and i think uh, okay i i i cannot personally speak for the uh, people who are uh, you know economically uh, in the in the uh, lower side but um yeah i don't i don't know the struggles that they go through uh, maybe they do need it but um i think the entire reason why the entire paid internship thing came about is if if it's made if it's made like mandatory right everyone gets paid so those people will definitely get paid right yeah but i do not see a policy okay i do not i i that at is, least i cannot yeah. frame a policy that you know um, get uh, paid only for the people who are economically weak i mean uh, you will again have to bring in those certificates yeah. of income in the family and all of that i mean it's good if they if they can bring that policy up i'm i don't know but that's a totally right. different topic to discuss and also your skill right so it doesn't matter if you're in 8th grade or like 25 if you have a skill that is um, a competitive skill that you know that people really need your service then of course you can charge uh, you can charge for it and people will be willing to pay especially like with freelance work and you know uh, design and web development like all of the lot of these freelance work people you know if somebody needs your service they will so pay so it's like this okay if you have your skills right you get to bargain i mean you will be pretty confident enough that you will you will you'll be able to bargain for it but then if you know you don't have it you're not yeah, in you a position bargain. to bargain yeah so yeah mm-hmm. coming back to 
master's uh, uh, process, right? Uh, I hope, you know, with this conversation, people think more about, uh, you know, why they want to do master's and stuff. They put in more thought into it. So coming back to the process and after your research, your colleges and all that stuff. And uh, now you're like, okay, I've made a list of five to six colleges, seven colleges, what you're applying based on your preference. You're going to apply to X number of colleges. Apart, uh, so you have three main documents which you need to submit that show what kind of a person you are, uh, uh, you know, to show that your application belongs to their community and to their college as a student, right? Mm -hmm. One is your resume, obviously. <clears throat> the other two are the statement of purpose, which is a essay which you write about yourself, your experiences and your, uh, basically your story to, sh uh, to, make them understand what kind of a person you are and if you fit into their culture and, you know, their course. And the other one is a LOR, a letter of recommendation. It's basically letters from people who you've studied under, worked under or worked with to, uh, you know, to vouch for the skills that you've portrayed in your resume and uh, your statement of purpose. Okay. So these three documents... They're like these three parts which need to connect uh, beautifully to bring out the whole story about yourself, right? There shouldn't be mismatch of information between your resume, between your statement of purpose, SOP, and between your LOR. They need to match. That time it shows consistency and they get a clear picture of who you are to evaluate you. Because if, they do, if there is inconsistency, they're not going to evaluate you at all, right? They'll be like, okay, I'm not having an understanding about you. So it, like, you know, it, it doesn't match to what we actually want, right? So to start off with your resume, obviously you need to put in your work experience, your education and all this stuff. But the thing about your resume is you need to tailor it based on what, you, what you're going to do, right? If you're uh, maybe doing a research program, you, uh, you need to put in more points and emphasis on the things you've done, uh, which are research oriented, right? And even if you're doing some extracurriculars, you know, talk about what research you've done, like, you know, that shows what your mindset is. So you need to tailor your resume according to the programs you're applying. And the second thing is uh, with respect to your SOP, right? Your statement of purpose. Uh, what uh, you know the this the advice I got from my friend when I was applying is, uh, take one to two months thinking about your experiences right from high school, right right from high school where you know I think that's at least that's the, where I could start thinking about before that I couldn't think about proper experiences, but yeah from high school there have been like you know some experiences which shaped you know. A particular way right you know which mm -hmm. uh, from high school to why why you took up science in your 11th and 12th then why you took up engineering <clears throat> you need to think about experiences and your thoughts as to how you how it's led to this position here so you need to think about different different experiences different different uh, stories that you need to talk about which shows what kind of a person you are and how do you think about a particular process uh, so if it's fairly technical you need to talk about your projects. If you if you had work experience, you need to show what, what kind of a person you were in a work environment. So you need to jot them down in sticky notes so that uh, the first stage is all just about thinking and putting down different, different experiences which are meaningful to you. 
not to people outside not to pe- not to the colleges it is meaningful to you because that's really important once that is done you go through it you filter which you think is really prominent and which uh, which would stand out and then you start jotting down your statement of purpose so i think that's one way to go about uh, writing your sop and then coming to letter of recommendations a lot of people uh, think that you know uh, we need to get lors from people who are highly uh, who have a high status maybe a person uh, a very a high esteemed professor from this university or if you are in uh, your uh, work right maybe from your director or a person who's in a, who's in a high position uh, that in my opinion is a wrong uh, way to approach lors because if you have a really good connection with those people with the high esteemed professor or directors and such it's great because they personally know you so they can, they will write a personalized letter of recommendation so but if they don't know you it's all going to be template based they're going to be like huh, yes he was good yes uh, he worked diligently there is not going to be that personal touch to those letter of recommendations and all these colleges they have had experience over like lots of years going through so many lors they easily can understand what is a personalized lor which is been written with intent than uh, uh, they've written it just for the sake of it so make sure the person who you are reaching out to for a lor knows you very well where you've done some internship some uh, some project where you've had months of interaction with that person so and the main thing is to make sure as i've told before also to see this consistency for example uh, you've done two projects which you've put in your resume which you've uh, mentioned in your sop2 right that means that those are very valuable to you which you think are very important but you know none of the lors talk about it right so you need to make sure that what and all you are highlighting in your resume and S- uh, sop it is being backed by in your lor from that particular people so i think this is a really important process and you know it takes time it's not like you uh, what you finished in 2 weeks you need to give it a lot of thought because it's about your personality your interests so i think for me this was a very eye opening process as such because it really made me realize that yes i want to do this program because i i dug deep into my mindset and the things i like and the things i liked to do in the past few years so yeah i think this is a very important process yeah i think the thing about intent that you spoke about in lor right i think that was that was very important because i think if it's possible right um, you should just have a meeting with the person that you want the lor from yeah. and then really just ask them if they're interested to write a yes, exactly. lengthy lengthy letter because it's going to take some amount of their time and i think uh, that's that's very important that you make it quite clear to them that you know you are going to eat some of their time and so that they're they're prepared mentally that you know they're going to sit down maybe put out 2 hours of their time and then really write this right. down uh and make them prepared for it and and don't do it in a, i mean i think i think see how you treat the person who's giving you an lor is very important don't give it to them in an email don't ask for it in an email yeah if you can if you can and if it's i mean today's it's nowadays it's covid situation but if it's possible right just meet them in person talk to them in person ask for it in person and you know um, i think those things go out i mean if you want something from a person you need to be interested to give i mean you know give your 100% to yeah. them and uh, yeah like you mentioned man um, 
I think it's important. I think that's what, right? I mean, it's like people are looking for a person who can vouch for you. I think that's their only, uh, yeah. up, that's their only outsider's perspective of who you are. Really, yeah. actually. <laughs> Rest, everything else is just what you are writing for yourself, right? Resume, yes. SOP, the score that you get. It's all you. But they, no one else is there to vouch for you. And I think LOR is the only place where someone yeah. else is vouching for you. And I think that's why it's so important. It's not just you. It's someone else who's talking about you. And if that is not correlating with what you are writing, then that's a big dissonance, right? You don't yeah. know who you are. And people don't want such a person. Basically, they want proof that, you know, whatever you've written, like someone can tell, yeah, like, you know, what he's talking about is true. And and one more thing, okay, uh, hmm. in college, I've seen a lot of people write their own LORs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you what do you what do you think about it? I I don't know how I don't know what I think about it. So yeah, I want to know what you guys think about it. So yeah, like I think I, at least the only thing I can talk about is our college because I don't know how it works in other colleges. So many teachers uh, they feel it's a additional task to write a LOR for a person. And they're like, yeah, I know you, I trust you. So you write the LOR, I will edit it and then I'll send it in my own words. So uh, there are, so it's basically they're divided into two sets of teacher. Uh, like, you no know, one set of teachers are where you, uh, what the student writes the LOR, but the teacher edits it according to their preference. It's not okay. that they're going to send the same LOR. So I think mm-hmm. that's fine because, uh, in at least in our colleges and stuff, they teach oh, what they teach a lot of students. They, uh, what it's hard to remember what each student has done. Also, okay, so when you write up, when the student writes about it and she she or he reads it, obviously they get some correlation and then they can edit mm-hmm. it. But the other group where you know whatever you send, they're gonna send it. I think that's a, a wrong thing because uh, you know you you're not actually. I don't know. It's a little conflicting because they trust you. So they're sending whatever you're writing. But because we really want to get into college, sometimes we overhype ourselves. So I think... Not just that, Sid. I think one more thing is there. I think uh, people don't tend to think about this. It's like you wrote everything and you Mm. got into the college also. And the college is really taking you in, thinking that you are this person. A particular personality, yes. You are this type of person who will who will definitely do well in their college with their curriculum, with the with their culture and everything. And then you go there and you're not that person. Right. And then you end up you do, you end up not liking the place. It's actually detrimental to you, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. More than so it's like uh, having another person write it for you, or like you said, right? Write it and if they're editing it, if they're gonna read it, yes. they'll obviously point out what they think you're you are not, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I most probably they will. So uh, it's like that will open your mind or your eyes to what you are. I mean, exactly. you might really think, like you said, you might hype hype yourself up, right? Um, and you might think you're good at this, but actually speaking, you might not really be good at this. Yeah. You might be good at this, and that direction, people feedback from other people is so important um, that you'll get you'll, you'll get to know what you actually are and you can select the college also based on yeah. that also right so yeah. what you told right people are just aim like i think it's mainly because of uh, how here it is you know people are aiming for iits and stuff the, the, the same way people want the best colleges outside also but mm-hmm. yeah Exactly. I think I think that's the same issue with IITs also, right? Um, why do people commit so many suicides there? I mean, it's like um, 
you are forced to just learn i mean it's like yeah you just learn uh, everything just to crack that one exam okay yeah and then your life you don't really think about what's next in that Correct. moment i mean it's happened to me also i mean yeah all of us have done it yeah no one ever really talks about anything else yeah. except getting into iit and they all that they say is once you get into it it's set yeah exactly but it's not set yeah. guys the the curriculum there I, we have we have friends from iits and hmm. right places like that the curriculum there is insane that is why the test itself is so, so insane hard. the entrance yeah. test is so insane because they know that people can't cope if they are not meant for this and that is why right uh, i mean uh, i believe in uh, the good the good things about reservation but i think that is why um, reservation is detrimental for people who go into iits who you know there's this i saw some news like a few years ago when i was preparing for it that a person uh, got into iit without really getting a positive oh, mark yeah, yeah. in the yeah. in the exam <laughs> right they basically scored zero and they mm-hmm. got into iit because of some reservation okay i'm i'm all okay with reservation okay but then the the person themselves need to understand that the test is not uh, it's not a mark of uh, to get in or not it's about yeah. it's about how you can cope after getting in and people who score so less they can't really cope and you know problems happen to the person himself so right. yeah i think even in india that that issues are there but like you well properly pointed out it's it's all about the exam here it's not about the whole rounded personality but i think that's changing that is definitely yes. changing we are seeing the difference coming about here especially with the iims and stuff right correct they have the in- entire interview process and also so yeah that's one interesting thing right about it's uh, like you no know, for uh, students applying abroad it's not just about scores it's not about your gre toefl and stuff it's more about they want to know your personality because they want a diverse set of people not in terms of race or anything they want in terms of perception and thinking thought because process. yeah the thought process because they want people as a group to better themselves over the course work D- uh, it more like diverse in your skill set but yeah. uh, with the same i think they want a bracket of personality each college would want a bracket of personality but the skill set they would want would be very Correct. diverse so yeah. i think it should be like uh, i mean i'm just mm-hmm. saying stuff right now but i guess take a college abc okay they are looking for people who are highly extroverted say so they want all almost all the people that they select would they would want them to be extroverted but they can be in totally different fields exactly uh, i guess yeah. that in that sense diverse yeah i think a better example would be uh take business field take mba program they want people from an engineer uh an engineering field literature field uh humanities field got it so that you know you, uh, people because people from engineering field might not know the perception of different fields right so that's what they want to inculcate mm-hmm. i i think the next part uh, you know i mainly wanted to talk about was do people need consultancies like you know mm-hmm. all these agencies which talk about we will help you during the application process and uh, L- lucid is a consultancy right now <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah can and uh, is it uh required that's the main question right so i think mm-hmm. uh it's mainly about one uh do you have the time right especially if you're working do you actually have the time to sit and think about uh, all these uh you know to research about colleges uh to do the whole application process do you 
have the time to do it that is one the second one is as you told about uh, thing uh, the previously about feedback right do you have a group of people who can help you with feedback for uh, during the application process with respect to your sop and lors not not lor sop and resume and stuff right because you know you can't just say i've written all this and i think it sounds good but uh, let me submit it you need feedback because you need to see uh, you need to get feedback from people who've seen you over a good amount of time so that you know you can better your application so if you think you have all these things i don't think you need a consultancy you can do it by by yourself the main thing is you need to have time right but if you do not have time because most of the work hours and you know the amount of stress that a person undergoes and you know even colleges you know there'll be multiple assignments and projects depends on how tight your schedule and timeline is so it mainly depends on time and the second part how much is, time does this consultancy is and all take how much time do they take uh, uh t- you mean how much time do they help you like uh, yeah like as in why why are you focusing on time so much like i don't understand why you need to give time to these consultancies uh, a lot or something is it is it a lot of time that you have to give no uh, i mean in terms of personal time for the application if you have time to do that oh you're saying if you don't have time then yeah. go to consultancy yes, okay okay yes. sorry okay got it got it okay. yes so the other thing is when you're talking about consultancies you need to see what kind of people these are so there are like i i think i can bracket them into these old age consultancies where uh, there are these uh, companies where they they have these specific templates okay for this kind of colleges uh, i'll uh, we'll put this template for this kind of colleges we'll put this template okay. so uh, it's basically they'll just change the uh, change the name and so they be, uh, what it's like fill in the blanks okay the name project etc etc so uh, one of my friends uh, he was part of the admissions committee as as like you know the student uh, advisor so they uh, what uh, they were reviewing applications and one of them they just uh, picked up an application and they could easily identify that okay this this guy has used a consultancy service uh, so we we going to like you know he'll be a low so priority. they point black they just reject him because no, it'll be a low a priority application basically okay, okay. so do that's just too sad man. yeah <laughs> so all these uh, as i told the old age consultancies right they go this template wise and they also have these connections with these particular number of colleges so oh, okay. they're like you know we'll send you this application i know you just accept it they have that connection and stuff so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know they do all the stuff uh, but there are these new kind of uh, consultancies which are coming up where it's more mentor based it's not like we will write your essay or something they will help you with the thought process it's more structured uh-huh, right uh-huh. so as i was telling about the sop where you need two months uh, time to think about it so what these mentorship consultancies do is you know they have a meeting with you to discuss about uh, you know how your thought process is what kind of points you need to put down and stuff like that so you know if you don't have time uh to put in the effort you know uh, these uh, this new age consultancies are a good thing but yeah make sure that you don't fall into the trap of the how the previous consultancies were so that's one important thing yeah i mean some people would be i guess okay with the old consultancy i mean if they have tie ups and all right 
if the person right. is just thinking about getting into a some college yeah then it's fine outside, yeah <laughs> then i guess if if you are that type of person then yeah it's, it should be okay with going with them but see i think personally i think if you have invested so much time to writing gre studying for it doing all of that <laughs> you can do this by yourself <laughs> you should be able to do this i mean find time i don't know if, yeah. if this is really what you want you will find time you know this uh, cliche thing every on uh, instagram people put no people uh, you know if they use you as uh, you know in their free time then uh, and if they make time for you like you know some shit like that they tell me bro i don't know <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, if they make time for you then you're important yeah, yeah, the same yeah, way yeah. man i think yeah. it's like if you if you think this is important you will somehow make time yes i think one oh, one important thing uh, said i think uh, people don't really talk about much uh, utilize linkedin i think um you know there's so much resource okay i mean utilize linkedin as in you have to pursue people yeah. um i don't know about you accepting people and all that's a totally different thing but i'm saying utilize linkedin as a platform where you know you get this genuine people who have done in these colleges that you want to be Correct, part of yeah. so talk to them uh, find out what your college is like what your dream college is like okay i mean their college website can only give you one aspect of things so you know if if you have decided these five colleges what you're going to apply for talk to people from those five different colleges and mainly i think talk to the people of your same ethnicity so yeah if you're indian and if you're from bangalore yeah, try yeah. as much as you can to find a person who's yes. an indian and who's from bangalore because i think they would have the closest you know relation um, yeah relation to you i mean they, their thought processes the things that they've gone through would be very similar to what you are going through so um yeah so i think we uh, people should also try to look into and try exploring linkedin i, I think there are some other platforms also said like you were yes. in some platform right yeah what to say so yeah i was getting to this oh, so okay. yeah. are you going to are you going to talk about it or uh, yeah, you don't yeah. want to talk about okay, that's please. actually really good no no i am i'm going to talk about it <laughs> so one good thing about linkedin you bought up right so when a lot of people like not a lot of, some of these people do it right but they don't do it the right way so when they're researching about colleges they try to connect to people of uh, the college uh, you know the person is studying in and uh, you know try to ask these questions and stuff but the thing is they don't understand this everyone values their time right so if you you, you just can't message them and say like hi like you know i'm trying to apply for this college and uh, uh, you know what do you think about this college right right you right, shouldn't right. be vague right like if i'm a person seeing a message what do i tell like i'll tell yeah the college yeah, is agree. good right you need completely to be, agree because there yeah. are so many people who message me like that uh, you know, yeah. tell me about uh, this company you're working in okay i'm like uh, okay what do i tell <laughs> yeah i agree yeah yeah go ahead yeah. so before you reach out to people you need to do your own research you can't be like okay I like this college okay i'll go talk to this person you need to do your research see what you're not understanding or don't have clarity on and ask those specific questions so that uh, if the if that person doesn't have an answer he will link you to another person from the same college to answer right. your question but if you go without any context or anything it's going to be hard for him also to him or her to answer your questions so make sure you've done your research before talking to people and uh, uh so another platform apart from linkedin where you can join uh, where, where what you can use is yocket so yocket is can you spell that y o c k e t yocket okay so it yeah so this app is basically like a 
text platform so when you join the uh, when you install the application it asks you know which uh, term are you applying for what are your colleges which are interested in and uh, once you put your colleges of interest it puts you into those groups so for oh, example nice. uh, uh, take US- usc fall 2021 so it puts into that particular uh, uh, chat uh, group and you'll have mu- uh, multiple people applying to the same course so usc fall 2021 so you know mm-hmm. you'll have uh, doubts regarding application and stuff like that right you can ask there and you can also uh, help others you can get feedback and there are a lot of people so especially for few people who don't have you know people to help with their application process to review or you know people who don't have experience uh, in your community of doing masters you can uh, many people are really helpful there they uh, reach out in the group saying that you know uh, i've got into uh, this particular college and if you're interested i can help you with your application in reviewing it so yes. yeah make sure you use yokit it was really helpful for me when i was applying one more thing i think uh, said i just uh, want to say this uh, before we close this particular topic is mm-hmm. uh, linkedin yokit whatever it is um, take whatever people say with a pinch of salt don't just like as in you can come across people who might not really tell you the right thing uh, it it's highly possible that you know it's 50 50 chance what they're saying is true or not true but why i'm saying still go for it is because you will get some idea right Correct, and if yeah. it's all f- you will know like as in uh, if everything is falling into the prior knowledge that you have thought about this particular institution and if what he's saying suddenly is not the same okay then you have to take it with some you know with some with a pinch of salt and you know maybe second opinion third opinion it's like it's like how people you know uh, go looking for a doctor if they have some <laughs> big ass disease they suddenly got no they be like a oh, second opinion third opinion you want you know this doctor we can't believe i mean even though the doctor might have been true it's it's still always good to you know um, uh, take it with a pinch of salt yeah yeah that's true so i think uh, starting from research and then doing your application process and all that stuff it will take a good amount of uh, you know 3 3 and a half months so mm-hmm. based on the, which term you're applying you need to plan accordingly and another thing is all these most of these colleges have an application fee right it ranges from $50 to $125 so imagine if you're applying to 10 colleges you know the cost is a lot right it goes to 500 to 1250 but a good thing what few colleges do is they give out application fee waivers uh, based on particular situations of uh, you know the people applying and the uh, so you know go 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 research about these application and see if you fit into any of these uh, uh, if you can waivers. get a fee waiver and also some of these colleges host these open houses where they talk about their program and if you attend these open houses they waive the application fee oh so solid yeah <laughs> full uh, pyramid skip type <laughs> <laughs> so it's like one store yes. two birds you get to know about the program and uh, what your application fee gets waived hmm. so, so yes, yes. yeah Uh, so uh, now uh, so mm. think that i've got my dream college huh. i've got it I've congrats got bro okay okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so what's the next step so while you're waiting see you've made one priority uh, of colleges right 
you need to slot them into highly ambitious uh, dream colleges highly ambitious is like you know a very less percentage of chance of you getting in but you still think you have a chance dream is like you know you have a very good chance of getting in and then the safe colleges you are definitely safe is like 100% yeah, oh okay 90% let's like okay. give 10% okay. uh, uh, this thing so so make sure you have this priority main reason i'm saying this is because colleges don't have this established timeline that you know we are going to send you a response right okay. so you know they can send it very early or send it very late okay so why am i saying this is because once a college uh, gives you uh, what sends you a notification saying that you have been admitted you need to uh, uh, you need to get a document called a i20 document from them okay why is this document required it is required for your visa processing okay and uh, how do you get this document once a college sends in their admit you need to uh, show proof of funding that you have the you have enough funds for your for the program and your passport details and stuff so for uh, if uh, if you're self funded that means you have the uh, money to pay for it then it's fine you have to just show your bank statements and stuff but suppose you're taking a loan and stuff right uh, a loan process is a very drawn out process it can vary from 2 weeks to a month oh, so okay uh so you need uh, so as soon as you get uh, like you know some people are very skeptical if uh, they will get an admit or not and you know they don't want to start anything uh, before they get an admit or something so make sure that once you get some admit where you are okay with going to that college so you know some people do this uh, i just want to bring out this point where they're not okay with going to that college okay but they just, but they still applying it as a safe college because they want some acceptance but they're like after i get my acceptance uh, i will decide about whether i'm going or not right they just want to delay their decision and at least in my personal opinion uh, the, since the fee you are paying for this and all that stuff is a you know it's very high stakes so i think you need to make your decisions earlier why i'm saying this like i'm not saying that you know you need to stick to your this, this decisions you can change them later but if you think you want to apply for a particular college go with the intention that yes you know if i get in admission in this i will go there because each application along with sending gre scores tofl scores it costs about 100 to 150 dollars and if you're not going there anyway what is the point only to you know satisfy your, your ego yeah your ego you're just doing it it doesn't make sense so just make sure you uh, do that because i okay so come back to the to the to the loan thing yeah. I, i think uh, yeah i want to know yeah. about uh, what happens yeah so i i get i need to get my i20 form yeah yeah so you need to uh, like send two documents one is your passport the second is proof of funding either through yourself uh, funding bank statements and stuff the other one would be uh, uh, through a loan so you get a uh, certificate or a letter from the loan office which you have applied saying that you know he's taken a loan from me and we will be funding okay. him so and the thing is again once you have accepted the college and send all these documents it again takes time for you to uh, for the college to send you an i20 again depends on their processing time so how uh, average 
I don't know mainly because this okay. during co- like during my application process uh, I got it in 4 days but uh, a, a couple of other people got it in a month there was no oh, di- okay. yeah there was no difference in the application as such it, it was just the processing time because they were overwhelmed with applications that's all shit okay so okay. the earlier the better in this phase and uh, yeah once you get your i20 now all that visa processing stuff uh, uh, starts so the main two things so this i20 is required for visa is it yes so okay. i20 is like a proof that the college uh, you know okay, uh, is uh, taking you as a student into their college mm-hmm. and uh, so once you get your i20 you have uh, you need to uh, fill in a service form s e v i s uh, this is to the department of homeland and stuff where you pay 350 dollars and you get uh, <laughs> everywhere money bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, uh, you have to download the application after you pay and stuff the other one is called a ds160 form here is the actual visa uh, visa application form so ds160 is a 45 minute uh, long form where you fill in all details starting from your school to your all the educational details uh, your family details uh, all your personal details and there is this interesting section where they, where they just ask are you a terrorist or not are you from uh, maoist are you a maoist or not so it's really funny but uh, yeah once you fill that ds160 you can start with your uh, after that you pay your visa application fee which is around 12000 uh, rupees 12000 rupees inr rupees uh, not dollars cool cool, cool. <laughs> yeah and uh. after that yeah you can book your visa slot and uh, yeah that's about it you book your visa and then you can fly away so w- w- what happens in the visa interview like uh, yeah so <laughs> so again the, uh, once you book a visa slot uh, you need to book two slots one is uh, the biometrics where they t- take your fingerprint uh, scanning and stuff the second one is your visa interview obviously you need to choose a, a consulate which is closer to you there are five consulates in india one is uh, chennai mumbai kolkata hyderabad and delhi so uh, proper so, you know everything <laughs> <laughs> every day anxiety bro due to covid <laughs> not getting visa slot <laughs> so you know book a uh, book a book a slot of a consulate which is nearest to you uh, and yeah in the interview i think the major main questions would be as to they just wanted to see if uh, you are uh, trying to be a permanent resident there so make sure that uh, <laughs> yes even if you want to be <laughs> make sure you say no to all the answers about permanent residence so Uh, some of the questions are mainly going to be if you have enough funding for uh, finishing your masters and you can pay that off and then the other thing mainly they're going to see is if you have any relatives like blood relations in the US because that's a main indicator of whether you're going to settle there or not but even if there are most of the times they give you the visa so you know the only thing that is required in a visa interview is confidence just make sure whatever you're answering you're answering confidently that's about it so like uh, go, you brought up that permanent residency yeah. thing, right so my uncle many yeah. many years ago uh, he had 
went for studying there okay mm-hmm. so he got rejected the first time in the visa oh, okay. process so <laughs> it's like uh, they he asked like basically apparently got some write up or something on why he got rejected or i don't know he mm-hmm. spoke to the guy uh he basically he was like uh, you're gonna it sounded like you're gonna stay in the us permanently <laughs> this fellow is thinking in his head that's exactly what i wanted what's wrong with that okay and then that's 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 basically why he got rejected yeah. and uh, this he had apparently you get only two chances uh, oh okay i'm true? not sure about that i know okay. the only thing i know is once once you get rejected sorry uh-huh. yeah there's a wait period oh, of 6 months okay, if you okay, get rejected okay. got so it got it okay, okay you have to wait 6 months yeah it's yeah, very rare i mean if yeah. if if you directly telling yeah i want to stay there only forever eh? yeah for peace <laughs> yeah then um, i guess i guess they might reject you so basically they don't want people to you know be a permanent resident i think now they you will have more chances of being rejected than back then if you if you're going to say you know that they're going to stay there yeah yeah because they already don't want people so yeah okay that's so the application process I've, uh, <laughs> i've done my visa now bro oh yeah. that's all uh, yeah, i yeah. go that's all i go bro plane ticket and all we'll get no in the end <laughs> in the end we don't get plane means gone bro <laughs> yeah that'll be so sad you've done uh, so much of hard work and uh, you don't get a ticket to book <laughs> uh, okay guys i'm lu and i'm said and thank you pragna and, and we, we are lucid, lucid.